All right, welcome to Liberty Baptist Church on Easter morning on Resurrection Day. We're glad you're here. If you can, let's all stand. We're going to sing Christ Arose. Lo, in the grave he lay, Jesus, my Savior, waiting the coming day, Jesus, my Lord. Up from the grave he rose, with the mighty triumph o'er his foes, he arose a victim from the dark domain, <clears throat> ever with the saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. Vainly they watch his bed, Jesus, my Savior, vainly they seal the dead, Jesus, my Lord. Up from the grave he arose, with the mighty triumph o'er his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. Well, praise the Lord. That's something to be thankful for. You know, we, we celebrate the Lord's resurrection Every Sunday, the first day of the week, while we meet the Lord's Day, but this is a special day that even the world takes a time. Uh, I understand some of the stores are closed, and I mean, people are honoring the Lord Jesus in his resurrection. Uh, and I'm so glad he rose from the dead so we can have salvation as well. All right, let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll continue with the service. Father, I ask that you'd bless this service. We need your help. We need your presence. Meet with us now, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. And we're going to sing, I believe that they, saw, they sung this in Sunday school, but we'll sing it again. It's a good song. He lives. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living. Whatever man may say, I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer, and just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. In all the world around me, I see his loving care. And though my heart grows weary, I never will despair. 
Amen. The peering will come at last. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. We mentioned this morning in Sunday school there was a big meeting and, and uh, there was a speaker that was speaking at a, at a uh, college and talked about Jesus not being rose again, that type of stuff. And the old guy in the back raised his hand had a question. He was eating an apple. And in, in amongst, amongst him trying to answer the question, eating the apple, they, they were kind of getting frustrated. Answered, you know, if you got a question, ask it. He said, well, the question I got for the speaker, is this apple sour or sweet? He says, I don't know. I'm not eating. He says, yeah, if you tasted my Jesus, you'd know he is alive. So, so anyway, amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Um, I want to recognize visitors. Are there any visitors here today? Would you slip your hand up? I'd like to recognize you. Anybody? There we go. We got one right there. I believe his name is Danny. Anybody else who have visitors? I'd like to give you a packet. In that packet, you're going to find a green card. That's a, if you'll fill that out and put it in the offering plate a little later in the service, you'll do that in recognition of your visit with us today. Thank you so much. All right, we've got uh, several things to pray for. For opportunities for uh, our church, we got services tonight at six. Then on Wednesday, we got uh, service at seven thirty, and then uh, Thursday night, six forty-five, soul wedding, and then uh, Friday night, uh, six o'clock for teen uh, teen activity, and then uh, six to seven thirty, I believe they do it at. Then for Saturday morning service or Saturday morning, there will be a, a, a bus visitation at. 9.30 and then 10.45 we'll go out soul winning and hope that you'll avail yourselves to some of those. All right, well, we're going to sing another, let's see, oh, we're, we've got a video. 
we have a video, and I want to try to catch you up on it so you'll know what you're looking at. In Luke 24, 1, it says, Now the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher. Uh, this was the ladies bringing the spices, which they had prepared and certain others with them. And, of course, they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and the angels were there telling them that, you know, one of the questions that the angels asked, Why seek ye the living among the dead? And John 20, verse 4 says, So they ran both together. Now the day is uh, uh, Peter and John. They ran together. The other disciple outran Peter and came first to the sepulcher. And he, stooping down, looking in, saw the linen clothes lying. Yet when he, uh, yet went he not in. Then came come Simon Peter, following him, and went into the sepulcher. And see if the linen clothes lie, the napkin that was about his head, not lying with his linen clothes, mean he's coming back, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also the other disciple, but when he came first to the, the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. So we had a, a video going. If, you, if you'll take it there, Charlie, go ahead and show the video. do something to your heart to your soul all right if you can let's all stand we're going to sing uh, Christ the Lord is risen today Christ the Lord is risen today Alleluia. sons of man and angels say Alleluia. Raise your joys and triumphs high. Alleluia. Sing ye hymns and earth reply. Alleluia. So we now, when Christ has led,
you've given us and especially this morning we want to thank you for Jesus rising from the dead so that we can be saved bless you bless this offering be sufficient to meet the needs here at the church Pastor, in Jesus name amen Danny if you can put that green card in the offering Danny put that, that green card in the offering plate Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, we're singing Hallelujah. What a Savior. Man of sorrows, what a name. Oh, the Son of God who came, ruined sinners. To reclaim, hallelujah, what a Savior, bearing shame and scoffing ruin, in my place condemned he stood, sealed my pardon with his blood, hallelujah, what a Savior, lifted up was he to die. It is finished was his cry. Now in heaven exalted high. Hallelujah, what a Savior. When he comes, our glorious king, all his ransomed home to bring, then anew. Hallelujah, what a savior. 
different from all the rest and a silence covers the earth the stars have no glimmer the moon tries to hide for in death lies the
Jesus said that the early Christians, when they would meet each other, you know, they didn't say hello. They said, the Lord is risen. Let's open our Bibles this morning, please, to Job chapter 19, the book of Job chapter 19. Job chapter 19, and we're going to read verses 25 through 27, but look up to verse 1, and it'll tell you who it is that's doing the speaking here. Job, Job answered and said, so Job is talking all through this chapter, and, uh, and then in chapter 20, Zophar, another guy, starts talking, but here Job says, Job chapter 19, verse 25. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Uh, if you'll keep your Bible open, please, to this uh, passage, I'm going to speak to you for a little while this morning on the subject, Resurrection Assurance. Now, Father, we come to the time of preaching your word and how you've honored me by giving me the privilege of preaching. And, Lord, I want to do a good job for you. And I need your help in a, in a real way this morning. I pray that you'll help everyone to listen uh, closely and intently. I pray that the Lord Jesus will be uplifted. I pray for anybody who may be with us that's never trusted him as their personal Savior, that, Holy Spirit, you would draw them to Jesus today and help them to come to him and receive him. And I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to your people. Uh, please help, Holy Spirit. Please give me the hearts and the listening ears of the crowd and help me as I try to preach. In Jesus' name, amen. Our text passage in Job 19 is one of the most amazing passages in the entire Bible. Um, it's interesting, for example, the two verses immediately preceding our text passage. Uh, we started with verse 25, but notice what verses 23 and 24 say. Job said, Oh, that my words were now written. Oh, that they were printed in a book, that they were graven with an iron pen and lead in the rock forever. Um, some Bible students have thought that when Job spoke in verse 24 of his words being graven in the rock, that he was saying that he wanted these words etched on his tomb. I know that my Redeemer liveth. And then everyone who walked by the rock-hewn tomb of Job would be reminded of his confidence in God. Now, this is no doubt the oldest clear-cut passage which promises a bodily resurrection in the Word of God. 
Uh, one of the things that makes it so amazing is that it's so old. Uh, the events of the book of Job, you see, took place, it is thought, about the time of Abraham. So chronologically, the book of Job would go between the 11th and 12th chapters of the book of Genesis. Uh, so bear in mind that Job did not have one verse of Scripture to teach him the great truth of the resurrection. He didn't have the 16th Psalm with its prophecy of Christ's resurrection. Uh, he didn't have the book of Jonah, which sets forth in typology the resurrection of Christ, so much so that when Jesus was asked for a sign to prove his uh, claims to deity, he said in Matthew chapter 12, verses 39 and 40, an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And he was, but then he came out. Uh, Job didn't have the accounts in the Gospels of Christ's resurrection. Job didn't have the marvelous 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians with its emphasis on the resurrection. But, ladies and gentlemen, with no Bible, with nothing but his own personal relationship with God, Job stood with absolute confidence and assurance and said, I know that my Redeemer liveth and will one day stand on earth. I may die and skin worms may devour my body, but I will arise and in my flesh I will see God. Uh, what amazing insight into the plan and purpose and program of God. Now, this passage in Job chapter 19 contains in germ uh, the same truth that's contained in the great resurrection chapter of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that Jesus Christ arose from the dead, and because he arose, every person who trusts him as Savior will one day rise as well. Uh, that's in essence what this passage in Job 19 is saying. My Redeemer lives, and I may die, but yet I'll see him in my flesh, in my body. Um, let me... Uh, give a bit of an explanation as to what the Bible teaches. Uh, what happens to a Christian? Well, when death comes, the soul of that Christian goes to heaven, the body returns to the dust. But when we lay the bodies of the Christian dead in the ground, uh, we're, we're not done and they're not done with that body. The time will come when the Lord Jesus Christ will return in the clouds, bringing the souls of the Christian dead with him, and he'll send out the call, and the atoms of their bodies, which have decayed away, will be brought back together. Their bodies will be raised and reunited with their souls, and with Christ will be forever." Uh, now, we know this because we have 
1 Corinthians 15, we have 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and other passages that tell us this. But Job didn't have any of that, and yet he knew these things by direct revelation from God. Um, I like the fact that Job doesn't speak with any doubt or uncertainty. He says, I'm telling you something that I know. I know that my Redeemer liveth and that I'll see him in my flesh. And uh, so I want us to notice this morning um, three things in this great passage of Scripture in which Job speaks of resurrection assurance. So notice with me first, if you would please, a fearful fact. The fearful fact is found in verse 26 where Job speaks of skin worms destroying this body. So what's he talking about, preacher? He's talking about the fact that this body of flesh in which we live is a mortal body that will die, be placed in a grave, and corruption will set in. Now, we live in a day and age when all of the emphasis tends to be on the body. But ladies and gentlemen, this body will die and corrupt away. Uh, the strong athlete who keeps his body in tip-top shape and condition, he'll die and his body will decay and corrupt away in the grave. The glamorous fashion model or movie star who does everything that she can to keep her body looking good, she'll die and her beautiful body will decay and corrupt away in the grave. The exercise enthusiast who works out for hours each day to fine-tune his body, he'll die, and his body will decay and corrupt away in the grave. The bodybuilder who gives himself to having a perfectly proportioned body, he'll, he'll die, and his body will decay and corrupt away in the grave. Now, this is true of every one of us. We can try to put it out of our minds. We can try to not think about it. We can try to not speak of it. But death is coming to every one of us unless the Lord returns first. Uh, I remember reading a long time ago about a rich man of many years before that, and this rich man was so fearful of death that he forbade anyone to speak of death in his presence. Um, he fired employees because they spoke of death in his presence. Um, he refused to see friends because they spoke of death in his presence. He divorced his wife because she spoke of death in his presence. You know where that guy is? He's dead. Death comes to all races. Death comes to all classes of people. Death comes to all ages. Death comes to people in all kinds of conditions. I think I told you a week or two ago about the uh, old basketball player from when I was a kid, uh, Pistol Pete Maravich. Um, now, he got saved, and I mean, he got, a, he got the whole shebang when he got saved, and his family says 
Now, you would have to know something about him to know how dedicated he was to basketball, but his siblings and his uh, kinfolk said that when he got saved, he became more dedicated to Jesus Christ than he ever had been to basketball. But Pete Maravich, he was 40 years old, and when he died and they did the autopsy, they found that one of the main arteries in his heart was missing. They, they said it was amazing that he lived past 20, let alone to 40, but he lived to age 40. And uh, one morning at a church in California, he was playing a game of basketball with some other fellows, and um, the people that were there said that the last words that he spoke, he said, I feel great. And right then he had a heart attack and dropped dead. Uh, death will come to you, dear friend, and it may come sooner than you think. It may come while you're feeling great. Uh, it's a fearful thing. Death is called in Job 18, verse 14, the king of terrors. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 56 speaks of the sting of death. Hebrews 2.15 speaks of the fear of death. 1 Corinthians 15.26 speaks of death as our enemy. Uh, death is something that's horrible. It's something that's detestable. It's something that's hateful. It's something that's despised. Uh, death snatches away the baby from its mother's breast. Death snatches away the wife from the side of a loving husband. Death snatches away the husband from his wife's side. Death snatches away children from their parents. Death snatches away parents from the home. Um, death turns the lovely body of a human being to corruption and ugliness. I read of a mother some years ago who her baby died and when the baby died of course as mothers would be her heart was broken and she refused to let them bury the body of that baby but after three or four days the body became so detestable that she begged them to bury it See, death had corrupted the lovely, soft body of that baby. That's what death does. And it'll happen to every one of us unless the Lord comes first. But I'm glad, thank God, that I'm ready for death. Oh, no, I'm not looking forward to it, but I'm ready for it. Uh, because if I die, I've trusted Christ as my Savior, I'll go to heaven. I mean, death for a Christian is just the vehicle which ushers him into heaven. And so, but a fearful fact, death is coming. I call your attention, secondly, to a comforting confidence. Even though Job recognized that death and corruption were coming for him, yet he found comfort, he found encouragement, he found solace, in a truth that he knew. In verse 25, he said, For I know that my Redeemer liveth. Now there's comfort in that. Yeah. 
I may die, but Jesus is alive. Now, if Job could say that on the other side of the crucifixion and resurrection, how much more can we say it today after Jesus has already been crucified and, and rose from the dead? Job said, for I know that my Redeemer liveth. Now, there's comfort found in this statement in five ways. Will you hear me? Number one, comfort's found in that statement because of the Redeemer. He said, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Now, the concept of the Redeemer is a marvelous Old Testament type that was fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. Redeemer. In Old Testament days, the Redeemer was a near kinsman who stood for his relative. Now, the Redeemer in Old Testament days did three important things. Number one, the Redeemer bought back that which was lost. Um, land, for example, was lost. Uh, because the fellow maybe owed a debt that he couldn't pay, so he gave this land uh, to take care of that debt. But the kinsman redeemer uh, could come along and buy that land back. Uh, you, you can find an example of that in the book of Ruth, the story of Boaz and Naomi and Ruth. Oh, Boaz, he was the kinsman redeemer for Ruth and Naomi. Um, a person might be taken into slavery in those days for debt. I mean, if you owed a debt and couldn't pay it, you'd have to sell yourself into slavery to the person to pay off that debt. And uh, so, uh, but the kinsman redeemer could come along and pay the price and buy the person out of slavery. That's what happened in Hosea's case. Hosea's wife was a harlot, and she finally sunk so low that she was sold into slavery. And Hosea went and did what very few other men would ever do. He went and purchased her out of slavery. And so now the spiritual application, hear it. We had lost our estate and place before God and were sold under the slavery of sin, but Jesus paid the price when he shed his blood and died on Calvary's cross so we can go free and our lost estate can be reclaimed. The Redeemer bought back that which was lost. Secondly, the Redeemer in the Old Testament he would rescue those taken captive. Um, if an enemy came and captured one, that one's kinsman redeemer could rescue him. Uh, you find an example of this way back in Genesis chapter 14, the story of Abraham and Lot, how Lot, Abraham's nephew, was taken captive and Abraham gathered his uh, his servants and his friends from the neighboring uh, estates and went and rescued Lot. Abraham was the kinsman redeemer in that case. Now the spiritual application, we were held captive by sin, death, hell, and Satan. But Jesus 
on the cross and through his resurrection three days later, won the victory and by his power we can be delivered. So, so the Redeemer, he bought back that which was lost. He rescued those taken captive. And thirdly, he avenged those who were slain. If a person was killed, their kinsman was allowed in Old Testament days to avenge his death by slaying the one who had slain their kinsman. He was the kinsman redeemer in those cases was called, you find this many times in the Bible, the avenger of blood. Uh, the spiritual application we were dead in trespasses and sins because we had yielded to Satan's subtleties. But Jesus not only delivered us from death, but crushed the serpent's head and delivered the death blow to Satan. And one day the enemy of our souls, the devil, will be cast into the lake of fire. Um, it's already settled it was settled when Jesus came out of the grave in resurrection power. And so then I said this, this statement, I know that my Redeemer liveth, is a comforting statement, number one, because of the Redeemer. Um, still listening? It's a comforting statement, number two, because he's my Redeemer. I know that my Redeemer liveth, Job said. Now, Jesus could be somebody else's Redeemer, and that wouldn't bring me comfort. But when I trusted him as my Savior on March the 24th, 1976, it meant that now he's not only the Redeemer, he's my Redeemer. Thirdly, there's comfort found in this statement, for I know that my Redeemer liveth. Because my Redeemer is alive. I know that my Redeemer liveth, Job said. Job said that in his day, and we can say it in a much greater way now, because when Job said it, Jesus hadn't come and died and been raised from the dead yet, but now we look back on what happened almost 2,000 years ago, and we know that Jesus died for our sins, shed his blood and died to pay the debt of our sins, and then three days later, he arose from the dead. So now I know that my Redeemer liveth. Job 14, verse 19, Jesus said to his people the night before he was crucified, because I live, ye shall live also. Because Jesus came out of the grave, we know that he has the power of life and he can give us life. Um, that's what a dying race of people need. We need life. And Jesus is the only one who has the power of life. In fact, John chapter 1 and verse 4 says of Jesus, in him was life. He Now, in me is not life. In you is not life. The life we have is life we receive from the Lord. But John said in him was life. He means that 
Jesus is the source and the origin of all life. It all comes from him. Now hear me, when it comes time for me to die, what I need is somebody can give me life. Um, excuse me, Mohammed can't do it. He's still dead. Gautama the Buddha can't do it. He's still dead. Uh, Krishna can't do it. He's still dead. Confucius can't do it. He's still dead. But Jesus arose from the dead. And as I stand on the edge of the tomb, I can hear a voice saying, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whoso liveth and believeth in me shall never die, John 11, 25 and 26. There's comfort when we face death um, in knowing that Jesus is alive and for those who've trusted him as Savior, death simply takes us to heaven to be with him. Uh, this statement, for I know that my Redeemer liveth, is a comforting statement, number four, because my Redeemer is God himself. Now he says that in the passage. In verse 25, he talks about his Redeemer. Then in verse 26, he says, in my flesh shall I see God. Talking about the same person. The Redeemer is God. See, Jesus is God himself, God the Son, the, the second member of the Trinity. And, and be sure you don't misunderstand that. When I talk about the Trinity, I'm not saying there's one, two, three persons in the Trinity. What I'm saying is, Look for a minute. There's one, two, three persons in the Trinity. And that second person, God the Son, Jesus Christ, left the throne of heaven, took a body of flesh, came into this world, and finally was crucified and died and raised again three days later. But that Redeemer was God himself and is God. And then there's comfort in this statement, for I know that my Redeemer liveth. Number five, because this was something that Job knew. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, he said. Now, when you're dealing with eternal matters, it's not enough to hope that Jesus is your Redeemer and Savior. It's not enough um, to wish that Jesus were your Redeemer and Savior. It's not enough to think maybe that Jesus is your Redeemer and Savior. My dear friend, you need to know that Jesus is your. And hear me, you can know based on the Word of God. I read last night from Titus chapter 1 that our God cannot lie. Now, there's a good side to that, and there's also a bad side to it. What he says is true, and he'll bring it to pass. Now, for those who've trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, he promises us eternal life. 
He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, John 3.36. Uh, oh, but those who reject him, and if you don't receive him, you do reject him. Those who reject him as Savior, he gives a promise about those too. He says, he that believeth not shall be damned, Mark 16, 16. Uh, now, I don't know if you know what that means. What that means is he that has not trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that person, Jesus said, shall be damned. That, that's not just a cuss word that you use when you get mad. What that means is the person shall be condemned, found guilty, and sent to hell. That's what it means to be damned. And Jesus said, a promise of God. Now, he promised those of us who are saved, trusted Christ, that we'll go to heaven. He promises those who reject Jesus Christ, they'll go to hell. Now, sorry, that's what he said. Now, God cannot lie. Titus chapter 1, verse 2. That means he can't lie when it comes to telling those of us who trust his son Jesus that we'll go to heaven. It also means that he can't lie when he says that those who reject Christ will go to hell. And so thirdly, I call your attention in this passage this morning to a pleasing prospect. Job found comfort in the present because he knew Jesus was alive, but because he knew that, he also had a marvelous assurance for the future. And it's twofold. Verse 25, he, Jesus the Redeemer, will stand at the latter day upon the earth. Jesus, the one who redeems us by his blood, will stand on this earth one day and will reclaim it as his own. You see, the devil is in control of it right now. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, the devil's called the God of this world. Jesus referred to him two or three times in the Gospel of John as the prince of this world. Uh, yeah, the devil's in control of it now, but he won't be when Jesus comes back. And so, uh, and then in verses 26 and 27, uh, Job said, in my flesh I shall see God. I shall see him myself. My eyes shall behold him, not another. Um, it won't be just someone telling me about him, Job said, but I'll see him myself and I'll see him in my flesh. Let this body die and molder in the grave for thousands of years, as is the case with Job. He's been in de dead and in the grave for probably about 4,000 years now. Uh, but all that time, his soul's in heaven with the Lord. But his point here is that that body will live again. Not just the soul, but the body he said, in my flesh, a glorified body, I shall see God. Now, if you're saved, if you've trusted him, Jesus Christ, as your personal Savior, he's your Redeemer, and you too will see God. 
If you're not saved, you've never trusted Christ as Savior, my hope today is that you'll come to him and receive him and let him be your Savior. We sang the songs about the resurrection a little bit earlier. I was a little bit surprised we didn't sing this one written by Jesse B. Pounds, whoever Jesse was. I don't know. Now, some of those songs, we sung one, I noticed, written by Charles Wesley, Christ the Lord is risen today. Uh, Charles Wesley was a great song, wrote over 6,000 gospel songs. Uh, he wrote, Hark the Herald Angels Sing for Christmas. And he wrote, Christ the Lord is risen today for Easter. Jesse B. Pounds wrote this, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and on the earth again shall stand. I know eternal life he giveth, that grace and power are in his hand. I know his promise never faileth. The word he speaks, it cannot die. Though cruel death my flesh assaileth, Yet I shall see him by and by. I know my mansion he prepareth, That where he is, there I may be. O wondrous thought, for me he careth, And he at last will come for me. I know, I know that Jesus liveth, And on the earth again shall stand. I know, I know, that life he giveth, that grace and power are in his hand. You know, the reason any of us can go to heaven is not only because Jesus died on the cross for us, that was necessary because that's what paid our sin debt. The wages of sin is death, so he died for our sins. Uh, but if it stopped there, if he just died and that was the end of it, none of us could be saved. A dead man can't save somebody. It's when he came out of that grave on the third day that demonstrated that he has the power of life and can get, in fact, you read the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians starting in verse 12 and down through verse 20, and Paul lists a bunch of things that would not be true if Jesus were not risen. Uh, if Jesus were not risen, Paul said, our faith is vain. If Jesus not risen, uh, Paul said, then we, the apostles, are false witnesses because we say he rose, and if he didn't, then we're lying. He said, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then every person who has died in Christ since he died on the cross is in hell. He said, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then we're of all men most miserable. But then he said, but Jesus arose. He's not dead. He died for our sins. But Romans chapter 4 says that he arose for our justification. He arose so that he could transfer to us his perfect righteousness. Now, we don't have any righteousness. Romans chapter 3 and verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. 
We don't have any righteousness of our own. Now, you've got to have righteousness to get into heaven because God is perfectly righteous. The Bible said in Him is light and no darkness at all. He doesn't have one little shred of darkness. He's perfectly righteous. And so you have to be righteous to get into heaven, but we don't have any righteousness. There's none right. None of us are righteous. We're all sinners. But Jesus was righteous. He said, I didn't come to destroy the law or the prophets. I came to fulfill them. And he fulfilled every jot and every tittle, never committed one sin, thus did not have to die. For the wages of sin is death. But he took your sin and my sin and the sin of everybody who ever lived on himself and went to the cross and died there, not because he had to die, but because he loved us and died for our sins so we could be saved. And then he arose from the dead three days later, proving that he has the power of life and can give you life if you'll trust him as your Savior. I know that my Redeemer liveth, and he'll be your Redeemer today if you'll come to him and trust him as your Savior. And I ho hope that you will. I urge you to come to him today and receive him as your Savior.